Have you ever considered making one of your handles video games? Yes. I refer to Gamescom solely as Jamescom. <laughs> very good, very good. I also do, um, you know, I have different backup options in case video games don't work out. Like if I ran a gym, Lucy James Gaines. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, if I were to be a criminal lawyer, Lucy James frames. Or Lucy James blames. Blames? Yeah. Yes, even better. There's also, you know, like a framing business in there. Yeah. There's a lot to work with. It's if you pretty... decide to become some sort of a professional scold, you could be uh, Lucy James Shames. Oh, yes. But yeah. only if I would get a bell, like in Game of Thrones. I have good news if you decide to marry Corey Haim. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy James oh, of the Hames. Right. Oh, Lucy James. Lucy James names. I could name your children for you. That's yeah. right. If you, uh, if you were an American seeing... Uh, Go on. <laughs> seeing your your uh, the the famous river they have over there in in England for the first time. <laughs> oh Lucy boy! James. Well, it would be Lucy Gems Thames. Lucy Gems Thames. Yeah, I know. No, I, you, I'm saying oh, you're an if, American. If I was an American, oh, yes, seeing yes, it yes. for the first time. A little bit of a stretch there. Welcome to episode 298 of Insert Credit, a video game talk show where our panelists must answer every question they get within six minutes, or there's gonna be a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and one video game I formed a friendship over was Super Mario Land for the Game Boy. I told my mom's real estate agent's son that I'd be his best friend if he could beat a level for me, and we were best friends for 12 years after that. (laughs) It's pretty good. Oh, wow. Um, We have very different life experiences. (laughs) Um, My name is Frank Zafaldi, and a video game that I formed a friendship over. Oh, man, I have one. Oh, I'm really glad you have one, because I don't. Uh, This is a very temporary friendship, but... uh, Counts. Blasted. I I, I caught a... uh, a, a Phoenix Wright uh, reference in an OK Cupid profile many years ago, and messaged with an understanding of that reference, and we ended up dating uh, very briefly. Did you message her affection? Yes. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> that might not have worked. I don't yeah. know. Does that count? Is that a fr- yeah? That I, counts. I, I think Absolutely. That was friendship. I'll okay. Allow it. All right. I'll allow it. I've I've got some friends where the, those are the only kinds of friends they have, pretty much. Yeah. Well, who are you? <laughs> I'm Brandon Sheffield, and a video game, I mean, a friendship I formed over a video game is uh, Vince Diamante, co-founder of Insert Credit, who uh, I famously befriended through um, a weird Christian guy going through the dorms trying to introduce everybody to each other. And Vince and I were the only two people with Dreamcasts. I was playing Puyo Puyon at the time. Um, I've told this story before. And then Vince was also playing, but he was like regional champion of Maryland or whatever. And I beat him a couple times and he got really upset. And then uh, was like, I, give me a week. And then he went away for a week and then came back and then just destroyed me and was super rude about it. Spite is a super strong building block for a lifelong friendship. We became friends and we're still friends today. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, 24 years later, still buddies. What's I don't up? remember my friend's name. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, video games are a stronger block for some friendships than others. Well, we have a guest on our show this week. Joining us 
is video editor for GameSpot and Giant Bomb and one of the hosts of the Friends Per Second podcast, Lucy James. Hello. Yes, I'm Lucy James. A friendship I formed over video games is pretty much every single one of my adult friendships to the point where I struggle to connect with people if they don't have any understanding of video games. <laughs> that is a problem that happens. And it's actually quite alarming. No, I can't relate because I also have comic books, but that's the end <laughs> no, of the list. That's the, thing, that's the thing. I've got movies, I've got comic books, but genuinely, I think, and, and because I've been on some, some Tinder dates with Tinderellos and Tinderellas or whatever recently, yeah. trying to talk to people who don't, you have no bearing in this world, it's very difficult. Maybe I've just been too entrenched in it for too long. Yeah. If I can't say, oh, did you see the Kojima movie review tweet? He clearly hated it. Yeah. You know, if I can't get, uh, uh, if people don't understand that reference, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I need to, I need to work on myself. Well, yeah, I, I couldn't yeah. date you, I guess, because I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. So. Oh, when Kojima just oh. tweets, saw Captain Marvel without any kind of exclamation attached, it means yeah. he hated Captain Marvel, <laughs> yeah. for instance. And he did that with the Super Mario movie. Oh, hey. <laughs> I think he did. I think he just did. saw the Super Mario movie. But yeah, if he if he posts a big, long thing, it means he loves it. And if he if he doesn't, if he just gives the, the emoji... Oh, it's a fate worse than death. <laughs> he, uh, we, we had, we didn't exactly get, because he didn't tweet about it, but um, during the Tokyo Game Show, he said that he wasn't going to be there at the Tokyo Game Show. And then um, we had a we had a helper person who was handing out flyers. They were doing a very good job. And uh, at one point they were like, I think I just handed out a flyer to Kojima's group. Because there yeah. was a guy walking by with kind of like a little sort of a mushroomy haircut that was surrounded by dudes. Mm. I was like, hmm, Kojima said he wasn't here. But then like 10 minutes later, there he there was like a photo of him at a Tokyo Game Show booth. And so uh, he took our flyer and said nothing. So I get, <laughs> so there's one level worse than saying Saw Super Mario. Mm-hmm. It's saying nothing at all. It's, it's saying nothing, nothing at, all. at all. I disagree. That's a like no news is good news situation. Yeah, I think... I Kojima just tweeting saw Super Mario Brothers is his way of saying don't ask me about Super Mario Brothers. It, yeah, I did yeah. see it, but I don't have an opinion. Or maybe it's his thank you for the free ticket. Right. Here is my mm-hmm. compulsory social media post to prove that I accepted yeah. it. Yeah, I don't think Kojima has had to pay to go to the movies in, uh, I don't know, 15 years. I have found it more difficult to connect to movie people and music people than video game people for because some Because it's broader. There's a lot more yeah. kinds of music and movie people than there are kinds of video games. Sure, people. but I got all of it over here. You really do. I got all the, the music in the movies. So uh, I could connect to any sort of those people, but I think the big reason is they think they're better than us. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't, I can't get behind that. Well, the difference is in the video game sphere, we are better than them. That's right. And we hate ourselves for it. <laughs> Don't you bust out the well? Actually, video games make more money than blah 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 combined. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't do that because then they're like, "Oh, so you must be doing quite well." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, capitalism is not really a great defense of your hobby ever. I'm gonna get started with the actual questions I wrote for this show. Here's the first one. Good idea. Is there a meaningful distinction between a mini game and a game within a game? Oh, all that we see or seem. It's just a game within a game. All that we see you or Lucy James is but a games within a game. <laughs> so intuitively, I feel like a mini game um, takes you out of an existing context and into something else. Like it, it just becomes a different thing. Whereas a game within a game 
can be, you know, sort of like the metagame surrounding it, or it could be like, you know, messing with your statistics. It could be like um, organizing your suitcase in Resident Evil 4 or something like that. Like that to me is more of a game within a game, whereas, whereas a mini game is like screen fades to black, comes back. Now you're like racing with your companions and the controls are very different. Like it feels like a mini game. That's a distinction to me for mini game in my head. I feel the exact opposite way about those okay. two terms. I, I feel like a mini game is like now I'm unlocking this door and I have to push these little lock things. And then a game within a game is like when you have that sequence in uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid where it's totally different or or like that. I don't know those those various things where you're actually playing sort of a different like a game within a game in 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 near is the the shooting game that happens because mm-hmm. it's like contextually I don't know that maybe that's actually a mini game because it's contextually relevant I think a game within a game is like you can go play Virtua Fighter in Yakuza I was just about to bring up Yakuza please do yeah because if you a mini game for me would be Bioshock unlocking hacking yeah mini game mm-hmm. uh but yeah, then a like game the within pipe a dream stuff. Oh yeah, oh, that haunts me to this day. But then a game within a game would be the Yakuza Zero Cabaret Club, where that well, it could be its own thing. It should be its own thing. Yeah, I would play it right now. They really are missing the missing the boat here if they're not putting that out, like even as a mobile game. Something that's robust enough to stand on its own. Yeah, because yeah, in like a dragon, the confectionery company as well, because you get enough you know it it works into your the money that ichiban has that um kiryu has so i guess like that's a game within a game that impacts the game going inception wise Mm -hmm. mini games do also impact the game because you need to complete them to move on or in like resident evil Mm -hmm. you need them to just carry stuff around someone did actually make the resident evil inventory game a game game. as its own game i think it's called like save and someone did a, a thing with all the various types of unlocking as well and made that a Ooh. game. You know, I feel like this this conversation makes me feel like we need a third term because mm. <clears throat> I'm kind of agreeing with, with both directions simultaneously because while I agree that the cabaret minigame is a minigame, what also what then would we call like in uh, this is a very obscure example i'm sorry but uh, in harmful park on the playstation 1 there's like a a tank mini game where it's four players with these chubby little tanks uh going around and it has nothing to do with the main game what would we call that if not a mini game and it's not within a the bonus game, game because it's like from the top menu uh maybe it's a, yeah maybe a bonus game yeah it's but... like a separate game like if you had to launch it separately but yeah. i think if if you encounter it within the main game it's 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 a mini or game within a game i also wonder if by the other definition that like is there such a thing as a fishing mini game i don't know if i can live in a world where we're calling it a fishing game within a game hmm. yeah it's fishing mini games more of a mechanic right you know stardew or even okami or anything it's just it's right. not necessarily a mini game it's a it's a mechanic. That's how you fish. But there are entire fishing video games. Well, yeah, but it doesn't really take in, the fishing mini game doesn't really take you out of the world. In some games, it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, like uh, for for in all meaningful ways, it does in a lot of stuff. Like um, Sonic Frontiers. Like ah, you warp to an island where Big the Cat's waiting for you. You can't run around or anything. It's using the same Sonic model, but other than that, that's kind of like the only thing in common. And now you're just like playing this fishing game that's a completely distinct experience. Is that a different game? 
or is that just a mechanic that Sonic does? Like you're, it, it, it feels like you're playing like a totally different, you know, engine almost. Like it's just a completely distinct thing. Yeah, I mean, it gets tough when I don't think this happened in Final Fantasy 15, but but maybe it did. There's some games where you'll you'll play, you'll be playing the game, and then you get into this mini game section. And it like loads up the you see like the Unity logo comes up right yeah like mm. in the middle of you playing this game, and uh, it's like clearly a different team made this and it's <laughs> it's like running a but I guess technically that's a game within a game because it's running a game inside the game so oh are we going technical now is that our definition <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> well you have eight seconds to figure it out oh no oh no all games are big there we go There's no mini games. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Frank with the score. Here we go. Question two. Speaking of big games, how do you make a really big game without overwhelming or intimidating players with its size? A lot of crunch. <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of crunch. A lot of people throw the yeah. people at the problem. A lot of repetition. A lot of checklists. A lot of things to collect. But making a big game without intimidating the players. Yeah, big games are scary. Yeah. I would say ease them in slowly. And make sure that the core of it is understandable, and then you can you can add things as you go. I, it's a terrible example, and I don't think it does it well. But you know those play now, my lord, Evanies. Um, they start by giving you that simple puzzle game that you see in the mobile ads, and then they're like, "By the way, please play this deep strategy game." Uh, then you can get more of those. Oh, is that how that works? That is how that works. <laughs> Brandon, did you play Evany? Yeah, I, uh, I I did it for for research to see what would actually happen, and uh, it's like a pretty hardcore strategy game. And with... now your entire bank account is drained. <laughs> That's right. No, I I only played it for I played it until I ran out of like free boost credits and things like that because I knew that I know that I have a real problem with free to play games, and I will just keep playing them. I don't pay, but I will spend all of my time. Oh, I assume they just stole your identity. Oh no, no. I mean, it's a legit. That's a legit game and a legit company. They just use uh, really, yeah. They just use weird ad techniques. You're you're very surprised by that, but it's like they spent clearly like millions in marketing. There, there's a real product in there somewhere that they're <laughs> yeah, going yeah. to make money off of. So yeah, of course it's a real game. And I, I think I never assumed it was a real. No, game. I think my takeaway here is that if you call Brandon Malord, you'll get him to engage. Yeah, <laughs> you're asking of him. That's right. That's right. But you know, it wasn't it wasn't the the ladies saying play now, Malord. It was those little mini games where you slide the bars away in the right order so that the yeah. gold falls down and it doesn't get consumed by the. And the in the ad, they always get it obviously wrong, and you want to go in to be like, no, you idiot, it's like this. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to go in and fix it. Yeah. In terms of making a big game that's not going to put players off, I would say that things have to be meaningful, and there has to be, this is the way my brain works, and this is why I swore I wouldn't do it, but I have. I've dropped off Tears of the Kingdom. It's too big. I need mm. yeah. structure. I need yeah. that little rush of completing things. And yes, there are lots of things to do, but I'm not going to go collect, you know, 900 Korok seeds. That's not a meaningful or attainable goal. Once you get bigger than the Wind Waker, I'm out. Yeah, it's just too, it's too much. It's too much. So giving me a story, a compelling story to make me want to keep going mm -hmm. and also achievable small scale goals that work towards the achievement of a larger goal. Right. Yeah. Um, I got a question for Lucy. So Hello. if in Tears of the Kingdom... Mm. there was like a friendly 
let's call him Mr. Friend. There was an NPC named Mr. Friend. Yeah. Who sort of walked around with you and would occasionally look back and be, and like in a falsetto voice, be like, are you having a good time? Is this safe? <laughs> are you doing okay? Yeah. Would, would that feel friendlier? No, not friendly. What if it was your horse? Oh, okay. That changes things. Although okay. horses are kind of useless in Tears of the Kingdom. I never ever use um, Jeff too, unfortunately. He's been mostly stabled for this game. I don't know. Maybe I, I thought I thought having um, my fish husband side on as like that weird avatar thing who goes around with you. I thought that would be sort of something to push me along the way. But no, he just crops Not up. Not enough and, falsetto, probably. No. Yeah. I had this similar problem to you. I haven't started it yet. But one of the reasons I haven't started it, in addition to various other things, is that the more I saw of people doing all the amazing things you can do with the building and the mm. the more I was like, I better not ever have to do this because I don't yeah. want yeah. to have to figure any of this out. Yeah. And I'm not it was an weird engineer. I know that it makes some people really excited to see that stuff, but the more I saw of that, I was like, maybe, the, maybe they made this game for somebody else. Right. But I, I understand yeah. that that's not like... You don't have to do it. You can brute force most of them. Like, this looks like a job to me. But yeah, I don't. I don't want to be doing any job. I, it blows my mind when I watch people, what people make in Dreams or Roblox or other things, where they're like doing my job for fun. Right. <laughs> they're like yeah. they're like building a whole video game and having a good time. <laughs> And that's like what they want. It, I, I just, but they're doing it for free, and they're just putting yeah. it out for free. Brandon, in another world where you weren't doing this to be paid, you would be doing the exact same thing. That's one hundred percent false. Writing is easy until you get paid mm -hmm. to write. Yeah, I've I've known Brandon way longer than you. Then no, I would never. I would never. Yeah, would never be doing it. Um, I, I think I agree uh, with with all these things. Like I, I don't want to actually like be creative with solutions. I want the game to have a very prescribed solution that makes me feel like I'm clever. Like I, I want to be yeah, like babied. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that to me is the magic of design. I'm already scared of Baldur's Gate. I don't want to have to be smart. I want to be told that I'm smart. <laughs> That's right. Yes. But not in too patronizing a way to where it's like, did you know you can read this signpost by hitting A after you've read the signpost by hitting A? No, no, no. It's more like you, you solve a weird puzzle and... You go, wow, I'm clever. But really what you're saying is, wow, the designer was clever. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my next topic. What are the practical reasons to set a video game in the post-apocalypse? Practical reasons? Yeah. Lack of NPCs. Yeah, you don't have to make as many people. Um, you can reuse ruined buildings and, mm -hmm. and stuff. You don't need as much vegetation. Lots of brown, which, yep. which was the color of an era. Um, a lot of trailing off of Fallout. I mean... There's always yeah. people hungry for for a Fallout. So if you give them something that looks like Fallout, they're like, I don't know, I'll give you money, my lord. If you're following <laughs> that Fallout train, music licensing, you get to use a bunch of older songs, which I assume will be cheap at a license. All right. No Ariana Grande in the post-apocalypse. Yeah, you can argue to the music licensors that in the future where this is set, those songs would all be in the public domain. So by right of time travel, you could use whatever song you want. Exactly. What what I'm missing from post-apocalyptic video games, and if I were to make a post-apocalyptic video game, it would be like this. I loved that movie genre for quite a while uh, because everybody was wearing weird costumes and uh, going around doing nonsense. 
and uh, all the Italian movies of that era, like New Barbarians, uh, Warriors of the Year Three Thousand, and just all these all these nonsense ones. It's, like I would put that all together. Like you start out in a post-apocalyptic city where the there the game show is about hunting people for sport and you got to run away from that and then you escape that and then you get into the wasteland and then you're surviving in the wasteland for a little while and then you go to like a city little city thing and they need help getting a tanker truck from one end of the place to another place just like put string all those things together into a post-apocalyptic narrative across the wasteland this is a big video game Brandon, you you make games you know all this content's <laughs> expensive yeah <laughs> I do, but uh, you know, I'm. I'm so you're I'm, not I'm, answering the question. You're opposite answering the question. Well, that's true. <laughs> you are trying to make this post-apocalyptic game more expensive. I I do. I do want to do that. Um, but I I think that we've gone over most of the things that make it easy. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> lack of NPCs and music rights. Really? Is that? Oh, I guess reused textures is actually reused textures. Really, really went over one. brown. Yeah. That's the big one. Yeah. Do you also think it's a psychological? thing where people just need to know that when the inevitable I saw Oppenheimer at the weekend when the inevitable apocalypse happens something will go on and they just need to know that if they're in the post uh nuclear fallout that they'll be fine and they can collect bottle caps and yeah. listen to the radio as long as they're good at stabbing they'll be all right yeah I mean, I had another thought, and I think it's about boundaries. There's this sense when you're in a game that uh, it artificially keeps you from seeing anything else that's beyond the borders of the game itself. But in the post-apocalypse, you can just assume there's nothing out there. This is all that's left. Now, sometimes there's like a door on the edge of the map, and it's like, oh, that's the DLC. So Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'd assume in the real apocalypse as well. Yeah, stay away from doors. TLC through there. All right, let me go on. I think we've run out of steam here. <laughs> what are the pitfalls to avoid when organizing or participating in a video game convention panel? Uh, pitfall two: The Lost Caverns. Yeah, don't talk um, about that. Oh, sorry. The Mayan Adventures. No, it's in the panel. My Adventures. Yeah, yeah, it's a pitfall um, to avoid. <laughs> I just hosted one, so I should have an answer for this. I wouldn't say there's necessarily. I mean, there are things that are with that outside of your control i always say if you're doing so i did one with ea the other day and so i was like making sure you get everyone together to rehearse is a big one that's an easy pitfall to avoid don't just turn up on the day if it's something quite prescribed oh i actually do have one make sure you don't have too many slides i once hosted a uh, a panel and the dev team will remain nameless they were very nice very excited but they brought 120 slides for 45 minute long. <laughs> nice. What? Had they not tested it or anything before that, I guess? I tested it and I said, yo, you got to lose a hundred of these or put everything on, put more images on one slide. And unfortunately that didn't happen. So that, uh, that kind of fell on me to be the bad guy and not have Q&A. Mm. Pitfall to avoid uh, when moderating Q&A. Just be prepared for anything. Yeah. Once hosted a panel and they, uh, the dev started to bring up Harvey Weinstein in an innocent story. Oh, In an oh, innocent story. The topic of Harvey Weinstein, not yes. literally Harvey Weinstein. Not, not literally like, not oh, I was stage. hanging out with... Yeah, no, no, no. But you got to be prepared for anything. You got to be like, you yeah. got to have a good segue prepared. You can always kind of see them too, the, the person that's coming up in the Q&A who's going to be like more of a comment than a question mm -hmm. and then just go on forever. <laughs> Well, that brings up what I think the biggest thing is in my experience, which is um, 
no one to make people stop talking. No when and how yeah. to make people yeah. stop talking. Inevitably, there's probably someone on your panel that doesn't know to stop. It's usually not their fault. Like, like it's a lot of times it's people who don't speak very often, you know. Well, and, they're just and, excited, you know, and they go off on a thing. And they're excited. That's exactly it. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you make people stop talking? Because I've been doing this show for 10 years and I still haven't really. <laughs> well, you just it. kind of interrupt them before they're ta- just like that. See? Oh, like, just like that. Oh. Thank you. You stopped, right? Ah. And you're like, but, but, but to do it with kindness, yeah. you kind of like repeat back what they just said and then like pivot in a way yes. that makes it at least feel like it's related to what they just said. I hear you. I don't care, but I hear you. Yeah, or like, you. so I kind of want to keep going with that track or whatever. And then you just go along um, and actually change. I like giving time checks. We're 15 minutes in. We haven't even talked about X. We've got oh, 10 minutes left. Lie. That's a good I one. We've got that. 10 minutes left. We want to get some Q&A, so we'll keep these answers short. You know, the persistent mm-hmm. time check. Yeah. Oh, I like I, I like the first way you did it, where it's like it it, it it's not it didn't come across as a time check. It's just like uh, yeah. yeah, we're too like excited that. to get to this next part. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly. slick. Wow, it only took 20 minutes for this to come up. Yeah. <laughs> what will happen in the 20 we have left? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, because I'm being British, I'm not, I can't interrupt people, or at least I try not to in person. Zoom calls is different because, you know, there's the whole other kettle of fish there. they can't hurt you. Yeah. yeah, they can't reach over and just, you know, glare at me. If you, If one of you glared at me, I would just look away. Um, but in person, yeah, I, I also think I'm a little timid, so I don't have the, the wherewithal to go, no, you know, interrupt someone. I want to point out that when, uh, Lucy James said, if one of you glared at me, I would look away. She preemptively looked away right <laughs> yeah. after saying that. Yeah. She didn't even give us a chance. Yeah, just in case someone was going to do it. Just in case. I've been messing around with the NVIDIA broadcast, you know, the weird eye tracking oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I should, I should have turned that on. <laughs> I should have turned it on. Does it work with uh, with glasses? It does, but I was uh, I was doing it yesterday. We were recording Friends per Second. I was showing the boys, and <laughs> Jake said, "You look like you've died inside." <laughs> so that's the toss up of using. That it. seems good. That seems good. Oh, so it reveals your innermost self. Yeah, basically, yeah. it erodes the facade that we're still living in here. When will my reflection show who, <laughs> who I, am I am inside? inside. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I had a problem on a moderated panel that I still don't know what the solution would have been. Oh, yeah. So it was, I was asked to moderate a panel at PAX of people who had done adventure games. I kind of, um, mm-hmm. right. and, and it included like, you know, Al Lowe, the Leadership Larry guy, Ron Gilbert, the Monkey Island guy. And, and um, this is the one where they kept adding more people. Yes, it was way too many people, first of all. Not my fault, but I, I made it work. Um, but we had Dave Gilbert, who does Wadjet Eye games and has been. Mm-hmm doing point-and-click adventure games as his job for like 15 years or something like that. And we had Roberta Williams, uh, who was getting was getting ready to do uh, Colossal Cave. And so Dave Gilbert, you know, we were I, I got to him on the panel and, and was able to pivot very cleanly to his career, talked about how he's been successfully doing this this whole time. It's, it's like he makes a real living. He has a studio, et cetera. And then like five minutes later, Roberta Williams was like, I think people should make adventure games again. I think it's time for them to come back. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. And I don't know, like, and, it, you know, clearly kind of upsetting to Dave, who was like, were you not 
listening or respecting me and it's like i don't i don't know how to pull out of that situation as a moderator to be like <laughs> roberta where were you yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean the only thing you could really do is kind of say well maybe dave's gonna start a movement and we're gonna go back to the heyday of the adventure game you know that's you never left Mm-hmm. It yeah. maybe maybe merely instead of being very successful at his genre, he'll <laughs> I don't know. I felt I felt the cringe when you were telling that story, and I I would just pretend that I was checking my phone while she said that. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't notice that she said that. <laughs> um, I do have my one mistake. more add-on question before we move on to. Oh, our is this next a mini topic. question or yeah, this is a question, within a, question, within, this is a question, a question. within a question? Okay, uh, yeah. how many people is the correct amount of people to have on a panel? Four, four, four. four. All right, we got that. We all said four. Awesome. Yeah. Four of them. Everyone's aligned. Uh, it's time for us to play a game we haven't played in a while. We're playing the adaptation game. This is a game we occasionally play on the podcast where I introduce some kind of type of media, a book or a movie or some other broader concept, and challenge you to tell me what you would do to adapt it into a video game. As an aside, because of yes. the, the the way that you pronounced adaptation this time, it made me think that we were going to adapt uh, famous advertisements. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so let's do that in the future. Let's do that in a future yeah. episode. I like The that. Budweiser frogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a rhythm game. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that later. It's a three-button rhythm game. What? Pepsi, but it can't be Pepsi Man. <laughs> right now, what I want you to do is I want to see a video game based on the 2023 film Oppenheimer. Oh, God. Oh, you really weren't kidding when you said we'll come back to Oppenheimer. <laughs> well, I haven't watched it, and I'm not going to watch it. I did have Good. A, Even better. I did have a conversation with my mom <laughs> where she was trying to explain why it was like, you know, he, he Oppenheimer had a hard time, too. He had to go through the <laughs> M- McCarthy trials and stuff. You no, know, Oppenheimer I was like, had bad grades. I was like, good. I, like, I hope he had some bad times. She's like, well, he didn't think it was, he didn't want it to be used as a weapon. And it's like, um, it's a scientist. They what? know what they're making. They know what the things, <laughs> they, the first thing you have to think about when you are a scientist is how your discovery will be used. Like, you're not, you're not doing it in a total foolish vacuum. And and she's like, yeah, but I'm just trying to say, and, I'm, and I was like, you're, you're trying to say that it's like, it's not all black and white and it's, and it's gray, whether he made that bomb. And she's like, yeah, that's what the movie said. And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm disagreeing as being good. Like, I agree that probably that's what the movie said, but I don't like it. I don't it. agree that that's what the movie said. Okay, well, it. that's good. Maybe she's just a really big fan of Curran Walters. And when she saw Batman begin, she's like, you know, Scarecrow worked really hard to poison Gotham City. <laughs> maybe, did you watch it, Frank? Do you, I did. And Lucy, you just watched it? I've it, seen it. I watched it in uh, 70 millimeter IMAX, baby. Me too. Fourth row middle seats, yeah. Oh, I was M10, I think. I did I did Boppenheimer, so I did the whole thing in one day. Oh, nice. nice. Did you see Oppenheimer first? Yes. Yeah, that's the kind of Which was order, the move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the move. Otherwise, I would have been very depressed when I went home. I mean, I was very depressed when I went home, but that's just... But that's unrelated to either movie. <laughs> More like the NVIDIA Dead Eyes thing. <laughs> I I hate going for the immediate easy answer, but it's it's point and click adventure. And oh, I thought is. you were going to say big headed platformer. Well, I I love big headed platformers, um, but I don't know how to adapt this movie. Where you have to collect all the different parts of the atomic bomb. Oh yeah, it's like okay, okay, yeah, 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 okay. I like that. So <laughs> so it we're in um we're in Arizona and. Uh, the parts of the bomb accidentally got scattered around the world. Oh yeah. You have to travel to different, um, different places like, like Paris and, and Chicago 
and uh, uh, jump and avoid snails yeah. and fight bosses to get back the piece of the bomb. Yeah. Although there is a power up you can collect to become death. And that clears all the oh, enemies on the screen. Yeah. Oh, the, ach- the achievement writes itself. <laughs> what about like, um, what was that Fallout game? Obviously, that's clearly where my mind immediately jumped to. It. Uh, Fallout Shelter. Yeah, but you're building Los Alamos. Mm, okay. And so like you have different labs and you are uh, increasing, you know, you have to send scout people out to go bring back the specific scientists, uh, unlock requirements based on is your something lab up to level seven well you can't have fuchs if you don't have that oh you you've got to recruit your super science super team yeah you could speed it up if you spend gems my lord (laughs) kind of ex well also i mean was a poor choice of word there oh ex within this game i like this um Within the framework of Oppenheimer, <laughs> calling something ex commie is very good. Um, uh, but I mean, like, you know, you have like sudden population explosions you have to deal with because that was a thing that happened. And you, yep. it's like people are demanding another church or whatever. And you got to be we like, we need more Jesus. <laughs> Your Mayor Oppenheimer and like there's a, his face, <laughs> Billy Murphy face is in the bottom left corner. And like, you know, as things get more stressful, like his fedora, like angled head, just like air, like angles down and like there's like shadow on his face. But then you can make him happy if like the citizens are happy. And you get random events like the ghost of your ex-lover comes to visit. Oh, sure. yeah. 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 There's a storyline. Sometimes you're speaking to your people and you're naked suddenly. That's a movie <laughs> reference for Brandon. Mine is is a raising simulator and you're raising your bomb and you can name your bomb whatever you want. And you can, um, you know, feed it fish and matter. And right. Stuff. And you, you ask it questions through your microphone and sometimes it reveals things about you you didn't know about yourself. Yeah. And, and uh, Leonard Nimoy provides the voiceover. Everyone everyone gets their own bomb. Yeah. Um, you know, your own bomb is, is unique. But if you don't, if you forget to feed it, then it, it dies. It explodes and everyone dies. Yeah. You feed it marbles, which is another uh, movie reference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Point Click Adventure, I think, is like you're maybe like one of the housewives in Los Alamos or something. Oh, yeah. The real housewives of Los Alamos. Alamos. (laughs) (laughs) And it's an exploration of someone who is morally like conflicted or confused or something like that and is not like a major player in what's happening, but is sort of observing it. Um, and I don't know what the sort of like friction of it is or whatever, but, but I would, I would do that. I would be like, um, you know, you're not playing as anyone that is like recorded in the history books. You're just someone who's Mm. kind of there and is able to like see and overhear things. And, and, uh, maybe there's some moral choice thing or something, but in the same way that I think the movie was an interesting exploration of, we don't really know what that guy's opinions were. Um, I think being able to sort of explore that in a game of like, we don't really know if people were were like into this or if there were people on site who mm. very much were not or something. So it's like what Telltale did with Game of Thrones, right. where they couldn't impact the show or right. change the course of the book, but you got these ancillary houses and you kind of experienced things through their eyes. And then you could have the choice where it's like, maybe the final choice is to leave or convince your husband to leave the project. Sure. Oh yeah, you can you can sabotage the project. Yeah, but even then, or maybe not even sabotage because the pro- you know as the player the project's going to go ahead. Okay. You can't affect the outcome, you but you affect can it. affect whether it weighs heavy on your husband's soul. Yes. 
It's like I'm I'm laughing because I'm remembering the Godfather of the game yeah. where you were just like <laughs> the game father. some random gangster, but you just kind of happened to be like across the street every time there was like a major event in the movie. <laughs> oh, I just missed it. <laughs> Love it. That's, that is pretty good. Uh, we're going to be right back after a very quick break. The following ad supports the Insert Credit podcast, but is not necessarily endorsed by its individual members. This is the Insert Credit Quick Break. I'm Alex Jaffe, and this week's Insert Credit is brought to you by Studio Supersoft's Moonstone Island. Moonstone Island is a cozy open-world game with Pokémon-like creature collecting, Slay the Spire-style deck-building and card battles, and Stardew Valley-esque farming and fishing. On Moonstone Island, there are mines and dungeons to delve, crafting systems to explore, skill trees to fill out, super customizable home decorations, and 11 romanceable NPCs to smooch, including LGBTQ options. I've checked out the trailer, and its lush, pixelated style is incredibly charming. The hangout vibes are off the charts. Look for Moonstone Island on PC in summer 2023. That's practically right now. A Nintendo Switch port is imminent. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode of Insert Credit with your own project or just a personal message, send us an email to show at insertcredit.com. I promise we can work something out. Welcome back to Insert Credit. It's time for us, as always and as ever, to return to the dirt bag. This is the point in every episode where we select one of the questions submitted to us at patreon.com slash insert credit, where for just a few bucks a month, you can get access to this forum that allows you to send us these questions. You get monthly bonus episodes, other cool stuff you can only find out if you're there, and our regular episodes ad-free when we do have an ad. Uh, this week's question comes from Tom Arrow, who asks, Plays are often categorized as either tragedies, romances, or comedies. What are some video games that would best exemplify each of these categories? We don't have a lot of romances aside from... The entire genre. The, that genre of dating sim and... Right. So I guess that's it's, it's going to be those, because otherwise we just have like a love interest in a game that's about something else. Yeah, like a side part of it. A yeah. game within a game, you could say. The game yeah. of love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so romance, tragedy, and comedy. Tragedy. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you can make an offhand joke about a game coming out at launch that's not doing very, like, you certainly. know, like Cyberpunk at launch. Yeah. The, Sim, the Sims 4 at launch. You could also go for our old friend Peter Molyneux, who's always trying to make us cry. Right. Or, oh, or our other friend. David um, Cage. David Cage. Not my friend. Oh yeah, the, the, those are ironic friends. Uh, just oh, so yes. you know, Lucy James. Those, oh yeah. Those, oh, those friends aren't our real life friends. <laughs> I was gonna be like, Lucy, we don't know how to tell you this, but we all genuinely like David Cage games. <laughs> oh, you should have. I mean, and this was not disclosed to me before I joined the podcast, yeah, and I have we, no we're, affiliation. We're, we're huge fans of Indigo <laughs> Prophecy here. <laughs> I was at the twentieth or the twenty-fifth anniversary of Quantum. Uh, Quantic Dream in Paris because uh, it was around Paris Games Week. It's a very short story, and they played. That was the year that their composer died, and they they were like, "Okay, we're going to have this little montage to celebrate him." And more than half of the montage was actually 
to pay tribute to David Bowie, who had also died that year. And I believe it was set to a Black Eyed Peas song. (laughs) (laughs) Brother composer. That's very good. They they could be. It was a very weird party. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was around the time Detroit was coming out. Yeah, David Bowie had died, so it would have been 2016, 2017. They did wow. work on Omicron, the Nomad Soul, so I guess I sort of... I mean, there's a tie-in there with but Bowie, yeah. sure. It makes, it makes a lot of sense for me that David Cage would be like, it's very important that we celebrate David Bowie. Right. <laughs> no one else can. If we don't give the statement on it, people are going to ask <laughs> us. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh-huh. They're going to be like, what do you uh-huh. think about it? <laughs> Um, okay, so sorry. It was uh, tragedy. tragedy, comedy, tragedy, romance. I think we've established the best comedies are like the From Software games, the yeah. incidental comedies. Mm, I think hmm. like a comedy where you play with the the game systems and it produces unscripted comedy. I always right. enjoy. Yes, I think that's yeah. more of a Skyrim or yeah. an Oblivion type of or a Zelda, yes. right? Right, or a Zelda. Zelda's got some good comedy. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't as being like, yeah, what we think of as comedy. I also don't think I agree with like scripted comedy either. Like I think it, it almost has to be something in between where like the scripted things are funny, but maybe not on purpose or something like that. So I, I don't know how far I feel about this, but um, the game Ribbit King is a funny type of game where you hit a frog with a golf club and then it does golf things and catches flies and stuff and it's fun to watch those interactions and then in between they have like little comedy sketches that tell the story Mm -hmm. and everything about that game is comedy oriented so it feels like like for me that would be the that would be the vaudeville version of comedy because you got your little sketches and then you got your physical comedy and and you intersperse those two things so i feel like for that genre it would be something like ribbit king i mean if we want to give ourselves some leeway it doesn't necessarily have to be a good comedy to be a comedy sure Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, same for the other two genres under discussion here and all almost all adventure games have jokes in them and i don't know if that counts Mm. Almost all is an exaggeration, but a lot of the oh, famous ones. Have you played uh, There Is No Game, wrong, wrong Dimension? That's a very funny game. That's Mm-mm. something that I would say is just a straight-up comedy that you interact with. Okay. But it's not got any... It's all it's all purposeful comedy that the devs have put in. Nothing in it really is incidental comedy. That's one of the hardest things to do as well, is comedy in a in an interactive format that actually works for a large swath of people. Mm. Yeah, but to to Jaffe's point, it doesn't have to actually be funny, right? Yeah. Like, I I was not a fan of um. It's that game where he started as as an office worker and and Stanley Parable. And, yeah, Stanley Parable. Like that's a comedy, right? Like yeah. that is a yeah. video game comedy. It's meant to be funny. You know, that is a very much a video game comedy. Um, Frank loves Frank and Brandon love to play games with emotional appeals and just say your powers don't work on me, sorcerer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, I get emotional with games. That's not true. I just didn't. I I just didn't think Fisher Price's my first ludo narrative dissonance <laughs> was very good. I don't know. Get wrecked. Uh, tragedies. I'd say every Yoko Taro game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Disco Elysium, depending on how you play it. How you play it. Yeah, it could be a comedy or a tragedy or a yeah. romance. All right, that's time. Next question. <laughs> I don't know that we answered this at all. <laughs> we gave a few examples. That was yeah. all right. What was our tragedy? 
We tried. Our tra- we disco. We suggested games that uh, fail upon release, but I also suggested Yoko Taro games. Uh, right, that's right. We gave okay. Disco Elysium as an answer. You tuned out at the end because you assumed someone was going to say, "Let's bring back adventure games," and you wanted to avoid that conflict. <laughs> uh, here's my next point. Uh, what kind of video games do Americans not care about, and is there a way to change that? Managers, right? Yeah, do you care about football? Is in like Football Manager, FIFA. Yeah, Pez. That's what I had in mind. Oh, sorry. E football. Well, I don't even. I don't even think we care about what sport it is. I just think we don't like managers. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Hmm. No, because we we. I guess it's not a manager, but Diner Dash was very popular here, and that well, that's is, not at all what we're talking about. That's a that's a that is a twitchy game. It's an arcade game. Yes, kind of. Yeah, but by that logic, like Tapper is a manager. It's just Tapper, but more. I mean, I'm thinking about like even like farm sims and stuff. Like, is oh, that? They, I mean, they're huge in. We like farm sims. Russia, Germany. Do we? Yeah, we they're do. Huge okay. in was Europe. Huge Farmville is not a farm sim. <laughs> well, but it ha- it's it's like watch numbers go up, which is yeah. it, to me managers are Fair. like fill fill bars. Um, what about? Like, you know, train driving simulator, bus simulator. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, Power, I mean, Power Wash Sim got big because it was yeah. very, you know. Because it has the word power in the name. Oh, it's very, it's very uh, capital O, oddly yeah. satisfying. Yes. And um, was it Lawn Mowing Sim was big on Twitch for a while? Yeah. I was in the UK at the time, so maybe I, I've got localized. That feels ironic. To we're, we're pretty yeah. bad at Sims, I would say, is, is definitely one where we're... Where we're mm. low, except the Sims, the mm. Sims, and also that that car one that I don't remember the name of that was like has a weird acronym. Everybody, everybody listening is going to know what I'm talking about, and I don't remember what it is. Uh, Granter Simsmo. Yeah, Granter Simsmo. Um, we have like Eurotrack sim- Simulator is never gonna mm. never gonna do it over here, but I have seen people stream them successfully and amusingly, but it's just not like the thing, and I think. I don't I don't know what it is. I've I've tried to figure it out. It like Germans, if you give them a simulator or a 4X strategy game, they're like, "All right. I understand everything how to do this and here we go. It's time for me to have fun." And you give it to your average American video game player and they're like, "How can I refund this if possible?" <laughs> yeah, it's almost like there's something like in our educational systems or yeah. something. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I think that is where maybe where to an American it starts to feel like work, like it mm. it just lo- it looks like work, it feels like work in a not fun way. But obviously we want to do work because we'll play Animal Crossing and stuff. Right. Like we want we we want busy but it's work, cute work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe that's it. We we can't. Um, maybe it hurts our American pride to cosplay as having a real job. Yeah, I think yeah. A, a difference is the level of simplification, because when you do a task in Animal yeah. Crossing, it's about one hundredth of what that task would entail in real life. Right, yeah. Whereas with these yeah. super detailed sims, you have to go through every step of it. Yeah, we want the short road. Right. We want breadth, not depth over here. Mm. Um, and that and that's why the those open world games were doing so well over here. And yeah, we want breadth of the wild, not depth of the wild. That's right. <laughs> I think we want more abstraction. <laughs> When it comes to that stuff, we want to, mm-hmm. or it might be more like immediate gratification or something mm. also, because a lot of these are just like, I don't know, like chain smoke and work on it every night. And, yeah, it's know, chipping away at and it. And it's very, very slow burn. And I don't know that, you know, I think, I think like the nerds who had computers in the 80s here 
were into that sort of thing, but I, I don't know that that's really been an American genre since then. And yeah. that, that goes back to like console days too. I mean, like political sims were on the Famicom and stuff. And we, they, they, they never really worked here. I guess we had Wall Street Kid, but I don't know if that was a success. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of ones that we can't really hang with, but I think that the common thread is depth and detail. Because mm. mm -hmm. you you look at like the 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 tr the railroad simulators in Japan and stuff, which which will have like ten entries, and and over here it's like I'm not going to touch that. Yeah. Mm. All right. Anything beyond Sims, though? I mean, I feel like I brought that one up, and I don't know that we yeah. thought of anything else. Uh, I I brought this up with Football Manager specifically in mind, so you hit that. Okay. Mm -hmm. My entire raison d'etre for this show is for you to bring up games I haven't heard about. Oh, so we failed you. Okay, yeah, got so it. you have failed me. I'm sorry. Dang it. I failed you, my lord. <laughs> well, maybe you'll do better on this next one. What is the you couldn't make blazing saddles today of video games? Oh, boy. Uh, e. I mean, yeah, yikes. Who wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> who wants to set the vibe? Most David Cage games, but he keeps making them, so. Yeah. Yeah. Count. yeah, I I think that, unfortunately... The answer is probably none of them. I think you can you can still go ahead and make them. Whether people think you're a good person for doing it is another story. I, I think there's a misunderstanding here. The phrase, you couldn't make Blazing Saddles today, is something used by people to say, oh, you, people are too easily offended by movies they used, oh, to, we that they used to be made. Yeah, we and got you that. couldn't understood. do them now, but yes. you obviously clearly could do them now. I like, guess it would be very easy to make a Blazing Saddles today. No, well, I mean, you'd have to get it funded. I mean, oh, that, I is mean... Not, that is not the intent of <laughs> I mean... the, 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 that is Look, not the intent of you couldn't make this today. Prostitute Simulator Two came up on Steam yesterday, right. so someone's funding that. Yeah. So I feel like you'd probably find your market. Turning the adult filter off on Steam is hilarious. <laughs> Well, so, yeah, we do a thing on Friends Per Second where we like go back and we look at, you know, oh, what game came out how many years ago? And we were trying to find one for this week's episode. And I was like, oh, they're still making those, huh? Because they come up on GameFAQs. Does Steam still do the thing where it tells you when your friends are playing these adult games? Okay, so not, not that I've been playing adult games, getting that out of the way. Uh, you can turn off your activity. So I was playing, you know, an embargoed thing and I turned it all off to make sure that no one could see. No, but see. it still does automatically do that if you don't turn it off, right? Yeah, you have to you have to go into some zangs <laughs> for sure. You can also hide <laughs> stuff from your library. Oh my god. Yeah. What a way to run your thing. Well, Discord tells on you. Yeah. If you have a specific setting, it'll say, you know, Lucy James Games is playing Vampire Survivors. And I've absolutely been caught in meetings doing that. So <laughs> That's very nice. good. Uh, here's a good one that is, uh, again, we've strayed from the question, but I only found out about Discord trying to say what games you've been playing uh, very recently because it was telling people that I was playing that game everything. Mm -hmm. Because it's a game that I own on Steam, but what was actually happening was I had opened the the Windows search program called Everything, because that's the only way to search for things on Windows, um, is you have to get an external mm. program. Oh. And so I used that. It's a great, great program. You know what? That's my recommendation this week. Everything? Okay. Yeah. I just got a new PC, so... This week, Frank Cifaldi recommends everything. It's called Everything, and it's the, really the only way to search for things on Windows. It's literally open on my taskbar right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Windows search. Yeah. But yeah, it, since I had a game called that in my Steam library, it said I had been playing it for like five days. 
um, I have played it for about 10 minutes, but... Um, My was... old boss's most played game on Steam for a long time was You Need a Budget. It's a budgeting app. Before it was an app, it was a Steam game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's very good. So he went platinum in budgeting. I'm nice. I'm thinking I'm thinking like '90s like mascotty things. Yeah, that's where um, I was trying to go with it. What's our time to Bubsy this episode? But, but they are like making Bubsy and Gex again right now. 40, so. Right, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. like we're doing pretty good this week. <laughs> nice. Okay. Good. Good job. Um, I wasn't actually thinking about animal mascots. I was thinking about stuff like Blasto. Like I don't think sure. you can make Blasto today. Green, whatever the surfer. What's that guy? Oh, Green Dog, the beached surfer dude. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't make Green Dog the beach surfer dude. Normie's Beach Babe O'Rama. Certainly not. Couldn't do that one. What about, you know, movie tie-ins from the early 2000s? Like, you would never get- oh, movie tie-ins, period. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't get- a... I had the Pirates of the Caribbean game. There were all of the right. Marvel ones, and that was all kicking off in, like, 2010-ish. Yeah. You wouldn't get that these days. No, it's been a really long time since we just got, as a rule, movie tie-in games. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I say really long time, like, like The Dark Knight was is what like twelve years old at this point, something like that. Yeah, and that didn't 15. get a tie-in, right? And that was kind of the beginning of like that's just normal now. We don't get movie tie-in games anymore. Yeah, Batman Begins got one. Yeah, Begins yeah. got one. Dark Knight had the ARG though, had the mm. the Why So Serious, but then everything else had a Java like... game too. Had a Java platform game. I was wow. amazed that God of War yeah. even had a Facebook game. Yeah. Which was a Oh yeah, it did. yeah that, you know, an, an adventure game where based around Atreus, but that's offline now. I tried to play it a couple weeks couldn't, ago. Couldn't make stuff like that today. Couldn't make Farmville today. You couldn't make Farmville uh, today. Games based on advertising mascots because nobody mm. knows any of those anymore. So like right. back in the day you can make a cool spot game. Not even Chic no. Hydrobot. Yeah, it cool would spot. it would be you'd be playing as like Manscape Razors. No, or you something. absolutely That's could right. make games like those today, because didn't they just make like a Grimace game for Grimace's birthday? Yeah. That's not a commercial game. That was that was like just a piece right. of marketing. All right. Yeah, it's a little it's a You little can still different. make it. It's just available through different markets. Okay, but Jeffy, it is a you... commercial game if you go to aliexpress.com. <laughs> oh, or yeah. we already established that we can make any we can literally make that's any true. of these games. All, right. All of them yes, are possible I did. to make. I'll give you that point. And that's the last point you get before we go into our lightning round, which is happening okay. right now. Oh, right now. Uh this week on our insert credit lightning round, we're playing one of our favorite games. Uh, game FAQ and A's. Here's how this goes. Uh, every single video game on the website GameFAQs.com has a and A's message board where people can ask basic questions and get an answer for those questions. Uh, what I do for this segment is I go to some games board and pick about 10 of those questions. And our goal is to answer each of them as quickly and pithily as possible. Accuracy does not count. Okay. This week, I went to the boards for Mortal Kombat. So nice. all ten of these questions are about Mortal Kombat. Don't ask okay, which well, one. Okay, like, like like which which Mortal Kombat? Just regular original Mortal Kombat. I pulled from a couple Mortal Kombat's. Okay, Malcolm so the it. franchise. Okay. The franchise right. Mortal Kombat. Here we go. Got it. Our first question: How do you do it, fast or slow? <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> to start with. <laughs> It depends <laughs> on if you want to finish him. <laughs> nice. Oh my well, God. Hey. I'm sorry. Absolutely quick lead. <laughs> Question two. Can you should you just stop the show. Lucy won. <laughs> That's I'm it. Sorry. I, uh, I worked way too hard to gather these questions. Okay. Uh, 
Question two, can you be reptile? Um, well, there's a conspiracy. There's a conspiracy that says all the politicians already are. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was trying to come up with that. I couldn't do a good answer version. Though. Yeah, that's good. How do you do the dullard cheat? Um, you shake your hands down to the left and then up to the right, and you swing your legs back and forth. Yeah, is that how you it. do it? Yeah, that's how you do the dullard cheat. Do the dullard cheat. It's a dance. Frank. What is the GBP? Great British Pound. <laughs> sure the, great British, the Great British Pounding of a Lifetime in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> the Combat. Great British Pound. It's a gross, bombastic product. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why does Earthrealm still exist? So that Netherrealm has uh, a place to get people from. I don't know. That's true, though. I, I thought guess. you were going to say pizza, which <laughs> is also true. Yeah. Like maybe they don't make pizza in the Netherrealm. I've never seen a Netherrealm pizza. Uh, yeah. Is Shang Tsung awful to you? Yeah. Is it the worst? <laughs> Certainly not my it's friend. A bad friend. Yeah. He never wishes me happy birthday. Yeah. No, no consistency awful. to that guy. He just changes all the time. Very fair weather, depending on whether I'm, uh, you know, currently supporting the, the, the legions of hell or not. Yeah. Who is the best character? Jinx on. <laughs> He's awful, but you should see everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do I get ultimate humiliation? <laughs> there are websites for that. <laughs> Post your dollar cheat on YouTube. Yes. Uh, this or Portal 2? Uh, this. Yeah, yes. <laughs> this? No, I know it doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> Goodness. Our last question. What is the ending? 42. Well, no, that's the answer to everything, isn't it? Earth on yeah. fire. Yeah. A post-apocalyptic game. Yeah. <laughs> there are plenty of video games just for that. Uh, congratulations. We've just made it through an episode. Lucy, I'm giving you the win. Nice. Thank you. Your reward for doing the best on this episode is that after the show, I am going to ask you to submit a question for our next episode. Ooh. So you get home. Okay. Uh, but for now... Everybody gets to give their plugs and recommendations. If there's anything you'd like our listeners to check out, either something you're involved in or something you're enjoying or support that someone else is involved in, now is the time to do that. I'm going to expand quickly on everything. So just Google Windows everything. It's uh, voidtools.com is the website. And uh, sometime after Windows, maybe like XP, uh, they, they, they changed the way that... Um, files are like cataloged so searching for something on your computer takes a really weirdly long time and it used to be yeah. instant mm. everything just makes it instant again like it's it's it, it it reminds me of how computers were like 20 years ago you just yeah. search for a file and it's just like yeah what this you couldn't search for everything today yeah so uh it works with i mean i've got like multiple hard drives across this network that we're on and stuff and it's just like it just instantly tells me what's on anything. Um, it is the only way to find stuff on your computer, um, my lord. So go check it out. Correct. Who's next? I can go next. Um, I'm just going to do another recommendation of Kimimi's blog, the mm. game-eating game she-monster, just because like, sometimes you, you'll hear me or Tim talk about some real obscure video games on here, and... Uh, Quite often, the only person that has written anything about those video games in English ever is Kimimi, who does a great job of bringing to light a lot of games from Japan that have never been translated, uh, games from like Euro microcomputers that you wouldn't have 
necessarily interacted with unless you were from there. The only place on the English language internet where you can read actual information about the plot and which one is best among El Dorado Gate on the Dreamcast, the the multi-part 2D RPG that Capcom released on the Dreamcast only in in Japan. Like if you are interested in learning more about video games that exist, I would say that her blog is one of the best things. And especially as we're getting into this situation where the internet is really hard to use, you can't find anything on it and I don't know, it's 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 a great website to bookmark just go there and see what she's talking about recently. I like to read it while I'm brushing my teeth before I go to bed. Just a little treat for myself. And uh, also subscribe to her uh, Kofi if you can. Also, my other recommendation is for the people who run Kofi to try using their own website uh, <laughs> once and then see how they could improve it dramatically. Because, man, I don't know if any of you have ever tried to, okay, I subscribed to, to her thing, and then it sends me that she's written an article. But it do, it sends a blurred preview of the image. I, who subscribe, it sends a blurred pu- preview, so I don't know exactly what it is. You click through to the website, then it's a blurred preview there. And it's like, wait, what was I looking for again? I don't remember. Then you log <laughs> in, try to go to the lo- the sign-in area, and it wants you to sub- sign in for the first time first. So then you have to find where it says login. You do that. Uh, once you've logged in, it dumps you to your home page instead of the page you were trying to get to. Then you have to remember whose thing got sent to you and then Brandon, scroll. Brandon, is this it. your recommendation to tell a boring story so that you can make yourself fall asleep again? <laughs> That's right. Um, but anyway, I recommend check out Kamimi's blog. It's great. I recommend the people that run Kofi to try to use their product. Those are my two recommendations. Lucy James. My recommendation. You know what? Uh, in terms of little treats before going to sleep, I always do the New York Times uh, mini and like the slightly bigger crosswords. And there is a new New York Times game called Connections, which is very fun. They give you a grid of 16 words and they can be grouped in four groups of four. It's a very nice time. Doesn't necessarily make me feel, you know, it doesn't succeed at making me feel like, oh, I'm the smartest person in the world. But it's just very satisfying when you get them all. And that's, I've been very busy lately, but I always take a minute or two just to do that in the evening. And it's very nice and relaxing just before you go to bed. It's nice to wind down with a thing. Also, do you want yeah. to recommend any of the, the properties that you work? Oh, uh, should do that probably. Um, Please. <laughs> so I work at GameSpot and Giant Bomb. Uh, the big GameSpot ticket this week for me is. Uh, we're still doing our series audio logs, so we just put up an episode with Sam Barlow talking about the algorithm that powers immortality um, to make sure that you get served the the subverted scenes. It's really interesting. I felt so bad because we had to cut a two-hour-long video shoot down to 15 minutes. Whoa. And it pains me. And it's also quite funny because in the transcript, there's a point where Sam Barlow just goes, oh, God, I'm talking too much, aren't I? And give, then- a, give us the video. We'll we'll pu- We'll publish it. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll give you the file and then there's a there's a comment i didn't realize i got picked up it's me going i'm already dreading having to cut this down <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's on the transcript so that's, that's the that big that this week um we've got giant bomb stuff as well uh jeff jeff's our adventure we're doing the cowboy bebop gaiden it's an anime it's an anime podcast uh where we show someone who's never seen anime before jojo's bizarre adventure mm. um 
And then friends per second, we've got Sven from Larian talking about Baldur's Gate and Xbox Series S and, uh, you know, all the stuff uh, that kind of came out of that and all the discourse that's been online recently. He had some very interesting takes. The The spoiler is that he doesn't really care, which is very fun. Um, very great. So those, those are my three jobs. I'm sorry. I'm taking, I'm taking good American jobs. I'm coming over here. <laughs> <sighs> no, Sorry, no, we no. don't need it. We're, we're happy to give them to you. We would give them Thank to you. Americans if any of us were good at it, but like we just established, we just want to take the Animal Crossing shortcuts. <laughs> we're not robust sim people. I recommend that every video game media outlet that uh, uh, cuts its interviews puts the full ones uh, in a box somewhere and then uh, mails them to the Video Game History Foundation. Yes, that's a I good one. Let, we can connect after this because I've got some good stuff uh, that we've been sitting yeah, on. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, I have some recommendations. I would like to recommend that if you enjoyed this episode of Insert Credit, please rate and review our show wherever and however you can, like Hop It New did, who said, in no other podcast will you hear as much conversation about the Sega Saturn, the Atari Jaguar, and the PC engine as this one. I don't know if that's true, but I'll take it. Uh, you can also true. support us on <laughs> patreon.com slash insert credit where you could become a patron to submit your own questions, listen to monthly bonus episodes, get more exclusive content, and listen to our regular weekly episodes ad-free. If you'd like to sponsor our show with an advertisement or personal message, it's easy and affordable. Just contact us at show at insertcredit.com and I'll be in touch. You could also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com or find videos of these episodes on youtube.com slash insertcreditshow. Buy Hyper Gun Sport everywhere and li- wishlist Demon School on Steam. Listen to the Video Game History Hour if you'd like to hear more Frank Cifaldi without our smoldering chemistry. Wow. This episode is edited by Esper Quinn with original music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Chaffee. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And I'm Lucy James. And now I am become Death, my lord. Very good. We might be the podcast that talks the most about the Saturn Jaguar and PC Engine that has more than ten thousand listeners a mo- uh, per episode. We're the most popular. The yes, most popular I think one so. That does yes. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah. that. Although I don't know, Jeff Gersman probably talks about that stuff. He probably does. He probably, probably talks. Yeah. 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 yeah, he's and he's more. You know popular. what? I'm taking it anyway. Come fight us, Gerstman. Yeah, you come over here live. and say that, Gerstman. <laughs>